One of the things that still fascinates me over the time that I've been in this space and certainly in the time that I had the privilege of doing the podcast with you is there's just always something new to learn. There's always a new conversation. There's always a new solution. There are always efforts that are being undertaken. And I wish I had a magic ball so that I could put the right hand and the left hand, all the pieces together so that all the elements of the ecosystem could work in concert. Absolutely. Well, we're going to be speaking with Kate Roberts, and she had a really unique approach to the way she's building her platform, which involves partnerships, whether it's partnerships with celebrity, partnerships with industry, partnerships with charities. And I found that to be incredibly interesting. One of the parts of her model that is interesting is she has a nonprofit piece, she has a for-profit piece, she has an education piece, and the partnerships really help her do all those things. Some of her partnerships help her get the products to the actual people who are gonna use them. And as she mentioned, she's been in over a hundred countries around the world in the course of her career. Others are potentially looking to her to come up with solutions for women's health questions that they can't answer for their employees. Yes, I think she really relies on the reach that these larger partners may offer. And frankly, it's very beneficial for the global view. So let's take a listen. Welcome to the Business of the V. Hello, friends and colleagues. I'm Dr. Alyssa Dweck. And I'm Rachel Braunschirl. Each week, We bring you the most fascinating investors, inventors, entrepreneurs, academics, and healthcare practitioners who are making things happen in women's sexual and reproductive health. If you are a woman, know a woman, have a business, or care about your V health and wellness, fasten your seatbelts and listen in to another informative and inspiring episode. We are so excited today to have our guest, Kate Roberts, who is the founder of The Body Agency. She has worn many and still wears many different hats, including social entrepreneur and podcast co-host and global philanthropist. So it's wonderful to have you on. Thanks for being with us. Oh, thanks for having me, Rachel. It's a thrill. So given all the many things you do, we're going to focus a little bit about The Body Agency, but I love people to understand sort of how you got to this point, to this Mm -hmm. chapter, given all the many different fields you've been in? Well, I've worked in global development, focused on women's health, family health for about 25 years. And I have founded various organizations over the years and traveled the world. I've been to about, oh gosh, 111 countries was the last count. And during my work with an organization I founded with Melinda Gates and the Crown Princess of Norway, together with this organization, PSI, I really recognized a gap in sexual health and specifically health for female bodies. And it didn't matter where we went, who we visited. The story was always the same that sexual pleasure was almost extinct, that a lot of women that we spoke to around the world didn't even know what that was. We had to translate the word orgasm. And the translators often said to us, there is no word for that. I won't be able to translate that. (laughs) But it's not just about pleasure, although, as we all know, there is an orgasm gap. And well, I know we all want to fill that. 
But it's also the basics, access to contraception, access to products that help with vaginal dryness or vaginismus. And so I decided that if marijuana was going to be sold all over the world, why couldn't we have an organization that was focused on getting these much needed health products and services into the hands of people who need it? Whether you live on a dollar a day, a thousand dollars a day, whatever your economic standing is, making these health products that are designed for women by women into the hands of people who need it. So you had said in the earlier conversation that you've been to 111 countries and our experience is it almost doesn't matter. The lack of education is so pervasive and oftentimes an inability to have a vocabulary. Are you finding that regardless of socioeconomics, educational background, country of origin, are you seeing the same sort of lack of knowledge, whether it's the language, whether it's how to experience pleasure, if it's one of the thousand things that goes into being a woman? I would say that there is still a big challenge. And the challenge really is cultural difference with religion, with families. I was just actually in Saudi Arabia. I went to Saudi Arabia because I was invited and I was super curious to understand how women who are essentially covered go to the gynecologist, talk about these issues, talk to each other. And being a predominantly Muslim culture and religious background, I think it's very challenging, to be honest. And you could also say that about the Jewish religion and other cultures where it's conservative, including the U.S. The fact that we now have another ban on getting an abortion has taken us back 50 years. So we have to now work to repair the damage that's been done. And the solution is making these products accessible and affordable and often using technology through the mail. Yeah, no question. I'm fascinated only because you have such a perspective with all these different countries and cultures, and for sure, there are big differences in upbringings and value systems. I actually feel that the U.S. women are a little bit more uptight when it comes to sexual health than some of the other countries that I'm not sure you're involved with, like the Latin American countries, South American countries. And I'm wondering if you've also appreciated that think that some countries are more open than others. And as Rachel knows, we made a vulva puppet. And these are made by ladies in Southeast Asia who are actually disabled. And we made them because, first of all, they really didn't exist. Nobody really talks us the way around our vulva or vagina and felt like it was a really good educational tool. And these ladies, these wonderful ladies in Laos, in Southeast Asia, they didn't even bat an eyelid when we asked them to make these puppets, which they often make with their feet because their hands are, they can't use their hands. And I have been sort of waving this puppet around for a long time now with different cultures, just to sort of, in fact, I took it to the World Economic Forum and I did a talk and I handed them out to 70 young global leaders just to sort of see their reaction. First reaction is just to laugh, which is just ridiculous because it's a very important body part. And why is that funny? And it's good though. Humor is good. But Yes, I would absolutely agree with you that there are some 
countries that are much more open to this, countries like Brazil, countries like definitely sub-Saharan Africa. And I think it's also for different reasons. We have done some incredible work across Africa around HIV AIDS, where we've talked about sex, we've talked about the risks, we've gone through the motions. And for that reason, we've sort of removed a lot of, I say we, the community of organizations like us that do work there, we remove stigma because it really yeah. is all about stigma, taboos, shame that your mother passes on to you, as in you'll shame the family if you get pregnant, you'll shame the family if you have sex too young. It's, it's all of this sort of shame and taboos over the years everywhere that creates these barriers. And so, yes, I would absolutely agree that there's a Latin cultures are much more open to this than others. Yeah, I've seen that in my practice for sure. As a follow-up to this, so I, of course, perused your website, which is incredible. And I see the two main gift baskets, if you will, because that's kind of how they look about products. I'm curious, number one, how you vet them, the products that is, and also do you find that they are universally approved, but, you know, since it's present in so many cultures and countries? So we actually have a body board of experts, doctors, menopause specialists, really went out before we started building our product portfolio. And we wanted to create easy packages, kits, if you will, around certain issues. And we first went about this by thinking, okay, well, what does a parent need to talk to her young daughter who's shortly going to get her period, right? So we developed a first period kit. And then we thought about her, the mother, who probably is either looking to have more children, so she needs help with fertility, or she's going into menopause, so she needs help with the hormones. And so we worked with our body board to pull these products together and also put them together, not just in a box, but also with guides and op-eds and things that have been written by our body board members on why this is happening. Alongside that, I also started a podcast, actually more or less the same time that you guys did, which has been quite interesting, called Sex, Body and Soul. And we have a lot of these experts come on and really talk about the root and cause, as in, well, why do you have hot flashes? Why do you have brain fog? Why do you, can you not sleep? So people really understand. We delve deep into the issues and how to prevent them and treat them. So I'm going to go back a little bit to ground people in what the business is. So tell us a little bit about the business of the body agency and what the business model is, how you will continue to grow and hopefully make money, whether as a for-profit or a non-profit, what, describe the structure a little bit and who you're selling to and through what vehicles. Sure. Well, since we last spoke, Rachel, we've morphed into a social enterprise. So we have our nonprofit, which is called the Body Agency Collective. I'll explain that first because then the model of the body agency will make a little bit more sense. Within the collective, we have a host of NGOs, nonprofit organizations that are grassroots around the world who can deliver these kits to people who actually can't afford them. So we want to make sure that these products get into the hands of anyone who needs them. So that sort of social impact and that give back component was very important to us. And then the bodyagency.com is in three parts. We have the e-commerce, which is these health products that it starts at puberty, being a parent. So we're really targeting 
parents, children owners. And so it starts with puberty as in how to guide your teens through that puberty stage, through fertility and contraception, and then of course, the menopausal years. So that's the first part of products. The second part is services. So what we found was people knew that they needed these products, but they wanted a confidential place to go to actually seek an expert out. We started building links to services with gynecologists, with menopause experts, because as we know, the healthcare system is just lacking in specialists like sex coaches. And you don't have to leave your house. You can just log on. You can book a consultancy and, as I said, not leave your house. And then the third part is knowledge and learning and education, where we now have very big partnerships with communications organizations, media organizations that really help us to disperse this information. We tap into our body board members, again, all qualified doctors in their space, and they are constantly churning out up-to-date and scientific-based information. I noticed your amazing community, the Inspire community. Yeah. Is this Mm -hmm. the education arm or is that something separate? Because it really looked like a lot of the questions that were being posed are, were really relevant and being answered, like you said, by experts. And I'm sure people feel quite comfortable with that. Yeah, we do. We have an official partnership with Inspire. We are the women's health and sexual wellness partner. They have millions of subscribers and they didn't have a sexual wellness space to go. And they had all these questions coming in. And just to sort of educate your listeners, Inspire is, it's like WebMD meets Facebook. And it's a private community that you can talk to one another, you can talk to experts, and you can get the information that you need to know. To get back to Rachel's question with the business model, like any startup, we really built the body agency. We built the car whilst it was running, just trying to understand what the need was. And in the way that people wanted to get help, in the way that people wanted to get information. We built it in that way. E-commerce is a very hard business to build. There's not a lot of money in it. You have to invest millions and millions of dollars to build that funnel. And so we did a turn and decided that we were going to build the company on these big partnerships. I'm very excited to announce that we have a new partnership with Equinox. Fitness is one of our pillars that we're really focused on, fitness and nutrition. And Equinox have selected us as their new charitable organization for girls and women's health. And so we'll be doing yoga-thons around the world to both promote the fact that we all need to be fit and healthy, but also it's going to raise money for us to send dignity kits out to vulnerable girls around the world in war-torn countries like the Ukraine. Here's today's hot flash. Researchers at a hospital in Cambridge, England, went about some research to understand the misunderstandings about healthy anatomic terms in the female anatomy. Their survey found that nearly half of UK women don't know how many openings they have down there. That's amazing. I'm a fan of Equinox, so I think that's an amazing partnership. So obviously, you've got a lot of differentiating factors with your business. I'm just wondering, what is your real sweet spot? Because we have menopause, we have girls' health and menstruation, we have fitness, nutrition, and stress reduction and with yoga and whatnot. 
There are so many other platforms that are either telehealth related or menopause related or even for tweens and teens. How are you really standing out? Yeah, I would say it's, first of all, menopause. We are talking to women who are 35 plus. That's our customer. And they tend to be parents. So I would say that anything menopause related is very popular. But I would also say that how we stand out is through these curated kits. And the partnerships that we're building with other companies, whether they're a company that we would curate a kit with and get that out, Procter & Gamble, for instance, it's these kits that are the sort of core of our business. And that's where we're focused. And that's where we're going to really focus moving forward because people like them, they've taken a lot of work to create. We want to distribute them around the world and make them as affordable as possible so everyone can still make money, but also sample their products. We love women-led brands. And we also love helping these very large organizations do the right thing for women. And so we, for instance, have talked Starbucks about they want to build a policy for menopausal employees. So I call myself a social entrepreneur because we really go where the need is and we go where the volume is. And then we really try to change behavior in these large corporates and startups of great products for women. Oh, I just have to laugh at the Starbucks. Again, I'm a huge fan of Starbucks, but that is a perfect population because, of course, you drink one of their huge caffeinated beverages and you start hot flashing all over the place. So yours will be quite helpful. Along those lines, I know there's a couple steps between the creation and the curation of a kit until it gets into the hands of the ultimate user. So I'm interested in hearing what are, and this is hard work, we know, building in the space, doing it globally, talking about women's health, all the things that you're doing, you're sort of at the heart of the storm of of being a fish swimming upstream. What Mm -hmm. have been some of the testimonials or feedback that you've gotten either from the distribution partners like PSI, the companies where you're helping to educate them, or are you able to hear from a young woman who got a dignity kit and had a huge impact on her life? Yeah, we have actually. I would say that the two that we've had the most impact with the first period kit and the dignity kit. And talk a little bit about what is in each of those. So it's constantly changing based on need. So we're listening to the end user who receives it. And so the Dignity Kit mostly has sanitation products, like reusable period underwear. We even put chocolate in there because they're going to families who've lost their homes in the Ukraine, right? And they've walked from the Ukraine to, to Poland, to Warsaw, to go into a refugee camp. They have nothing. It has a tote bag. So they have a bag that's reusable. And we're going to be putting in things like yoga bands, like stretch bands, so they can have some exercise. So it's things like that, that go in the dignity kits. We're building them all the time with more stuff that comes in that large corporates donate, even like scrunchies for your hair. I think just things like that, we just take completely for granted. And you're doing things like that. I know from the business perspective, lots of people have started out curating other people's products and then the margins get squeezed quite a bit. And then they 
do their own? Are you effectively able to do a combination? And when you're using someone else's brand, does the nonprofit piece help you with negotiating? Yes, definitely. And that's why we moved to more of a social enterprise model because we can actually save a lot of money by getting donated products and and also cut the price down significantly. We, again, are reliant on these partnerships because these large partners that we're building, they also have distribution channels and they also have products that they're not using. And we're not partnering with them yet, but I know that Hilton, for instance, saves all their soaps and then regurgitates them, repackages them, soaps that, that you've used one time in your hotel room repackages them and wants to get them out there. Now, that would be a perfect thing to go in the dignity kit. And then your other question was, well, what's in the period kit? The first period kit is meant and designed for parents in the world to talk to their vagina owner children about getting their period and being hygienic. And so there's everything that you can imagine. There's a cup, there's tampons, there's pads, there's reusable pads, there's reusable period underwear. We also put a vulva puppet in there so a parent can teach their child how to put a how to put a tampon in, where your clitoris is for a later conversation when they get a little older. So yeah, we're getting great feedback. One thing that mothers are saying is my child won't use all of this at once, but it's good that she has it because she might want to use the cup on sports days. And so we're getting really good feedback. And actually, the kits are doing really well in Africa as well. Amazing. So I'm sure your clientele has lots of questions and you have all these amazing experts on board with your program. Is there a connection between providing some sort of health advice or is it not really working that way? Because I'm imagining that people have medical issues that might need to be attended to. Yeah, we are not a medical-based organization. Our body board members are extremely active. We actually have just formed a really great partnership with a very large media company that owns a ton of magazines that you would know that are for parents and women, and it's very exciting. The body board members will be contributing to those publications with health advice with frequently asked questions and with op-eds on certain subjects. We'll also be doing events that these body board members will come to as well as our celebrity ambassadors and so on. So yeah, the body board was a really, really good idea because it also keeps us very honest because we're not a qualified doctor. I've just worked in women's health for 25 years. So we really don't put anything out there unless it's it's had the stamp of approval. And again, it's based on need. It's what we're hearing from our customers and our supporters. And yeah. again, scaling with these partners rather than raising more money to put in the company to scale in that way. I Very early on, I decided I wasn't going to do that. And we were going to scale organically as much as we can through partners. How does the podcast fit into all of this? It looks like you've got (laughs) lots of episodes, lots of really amazing guests that obviously complement your board and your mission. So the podcast, I actually produce it myself. And so I'm not a co-host. I'm just a host. You're a jack of all trades. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I absolutely love it. I feel that it's so important to get these 
heroes and heroines on the show to talk about the work they do and seem to find these guests who just speak so openly about themselves and the issues that it just gives me so much joy. And the feedback that we get, I mix it up with a few celebrities here and there and just did one on the reality of reality television and how women, how they survive being on a reality show. And it's fun. I don't do anything that doesn't bring me joy. I like that adage. Do you have a favorite episode? Put you on the spot. Oh, gosh, so many. But it has to be the one with Ashley Judd. She's an old friend of mine. We've traveled the world together. The show's all about those travels and what we got up to, visiting brothels and hospitals and villages and sitting with all the remarkable women that we've met along the way. And so, as usual, Ashley is just an incredible speaker and ambassador. And so, yeah, that probably would be my favorite. But there's a lot in the pipeline that are coming up that will maybe be my new favorite. So be sure to watch Sex, Body and Soul or listen. You can do watch or listen to Sex, Body and Soul and have an opportunity to get educated. I'm sure you hear the same thing with your show that people write in and say, I just never knew. I just did not realize that. So yeah, we're now listened to in 32 countries. Amazing. Wow. That's exciting. It's like finding it's interesting because we both do a lot of things and this is a whole different business. And really, I think what keeps us so encouraged is the conversations with guests and the responses that we get and the people who are interested. They send in suggestions of who they'd like to hear and reaching into us. We're getting inbound inquiries for being on the show. But I want to ask you again, because you have such a broad platform And because I've had the opportunity to work with you in the past, there's so much you could want to tell the world. There's so much you are telling the world. For people who are listening, who are entrepreneurs, are frustrated about the state of women's health on a global basis, and there's so many different dimensions to be concerned about. If you have one piece of sort of galvanizing, motivating advice for people who say, I want to do this, but I don't even know where to start. Oh, my gosh. Before I answer that question, I do have to say thank you to you, Rachel, because in the very beginning, when I was starting the podcast, you advised me. I said, oh, my God, like, who's going to listen to little old me? Maybe I should pair up with one of our celebrities. And you said, Kate, don't do that. You do that podcast all on your own. Mark my words. Just you do that. And your words have rung in my head all along. So thank you for that piece of advice. I really appreciate you. Okay, so what I would say to entrepreneurs looking to start their own thing is a couple of things. The first would be don't reinvent the wheel. Figure out what's out there and fill a gap. And it's hard to do, right? Because you get seduced to with this and that. And you see my platform, it's got a lot of things. We're chopping. We are going to chop and focus. And so... I would say don't reinvent the wheel, form really good partnerships from the get-go so you're not out there alone. You're the partnership queen, Rachel. You know this better than anybody. And fail fast, fail fast. Failure is absolutely fine. You've got to fail in order to be a success. Fail fast. Part of it is I feel like when you're an entrepreneur in many spaces, you have to be on the balls of your feet. So when you and I first talked about this, you could build a business direct to consumer in the ways that we had talked about. And then the world 
and the opportunities change. Whatever happened with the Volvo coaster? Did that ever go anywhere? That was one yes. of my favorites. You said, do you know anyone who can make a Volvo coaster? And I said, you know what? I do. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. We have a Volvo coaster and I love it. It's mine. I went down there and sketched my own. The Volvo coaster is actually doing well. We put it in the first period kit because again, it's all about really education. I mean, listen, it's gimmicky. It goes, it's a stocking stuffer. It's fun. We do some cool social media around it. I don't think it's ever going to raise a million dollars, but it's a fun thing to have. And ethos of everything we're doing is let's get rid of this stigma and discrimination. It's ridiculous. If there's one thing that I'm thrilled about is that people are actually going to know the difference between a vulva and a vagina because they get misunderstood all the time. So that puppet is not mistakable. Well, yeah. I mean, as Rachel's saying, we have a coaster. don't have it here, but it's a diagram. It's like, here's where you pee from. This is where babies come out. This is your clitoris. And it's a diagram that's just no nonsense. And again, vagina owners are half of the world. So we need to take them seriously. <laughs> they produce life. What's that to be embarrassed about? Couldn't agree with you more. And on that note, I think we will wrap up that it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. We are watching with really bright eyes to see what's next to come down the pipe for you. Thank you so much. And please come to my art show February 8th in New York City and maybe do a benefit yoga class with us. I'll send you all the information. Sounds terrific. Thanks so much. Great to see you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. 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 Don't forget, subscribe to our podcast at businessofthev.com for the latest trends and trendsetters in women's health and business.